Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and this episode, Candace Burt just finished running an ultra marathon uh, every single day from November 5th, 2022 to May 23rd, 2023. Uh, that's 200 ultras in 200 days. Uh, it is absolutely an incredible feat. Um, and I'm so honored to have her back on the podcast. I think this is the fifth episode with Candice. And I have to say, like from doing this show for the last six years, almost seven years at this point, which is mind blowing. Um, Candice is and has always been one of my favorite guests to have on. She has had such unique incredible experiences she's really good at expressing um what it was like to go through um that and in this this episode is no different she does a wonderful job talking about what it takes physically and mentally to run 200 ultras in 200 days so i i kind of want to just jump right into it make the intro pretty short this time but i will say this um as a teacher who's on his third day of summer break, not to brag or anything like that, you know, it just felt really well earned this year in the middle school. Um, I have been able to record more episodes lately than I have in the past. So to celebrate summer vacation uh, over the next week, I'm going to put out uh, instead of usually I do one episode a week. Um, if you're new, if you're just joining us for the first time, which if you are, thank you. Um, but this week I'm going to put out two. Uh, so we're going to sit down, we're going to talk with Candice today. And then, um, in probably three or four days after this, we're going to release our podcast with Sally McRae, uh, who interestingly enough is running the triple crown of 200s, which Candice and I talk about at the very end of this one. So Anyways, let's get right into it. This is an awesome episode. I'm so excited to share it with you. Uh, this is the Like a Bigfoot podcast with Candice Burt. So after 200 ultras in 200 days, uh, we are going to sit down and talk with Candice Burt, and I'm so psyched for it, Candice. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I know I've said this before, but you're definitely one of my favorite guests uh, that I've had on the podcast. And um, I was just telling you uh, a few months ago, I took like a break from social media. And all of a sudden, I jumped back on in like January. And I'm like, Candace is in the midst of like an ultra marathon running streak. Like, this is crazy. And I'm pretty sure I sent you a message and I just said, I just got back on social media. Of course, this is what you're doing. This is so awesome. So anyways, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a, a last minute decision um, with without any um, serious prep in advance. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, well, I might as well go for this. So. <laughs> I'm sure you weren't the only one who was wondering what is going on here. <laughs> I love that. So what, like, do you remember the spark? Like, what was the idea? Were you just looking for something to challenge yourself or what? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, I come off, as you know, I organized the three 200s, the triple crown of 200s from um, June, August, uh, and October, the dates. And so I was coming off the Moab 240. I'd just gotten home. I'd been inspired by all these runners running my events. Yeah. Like I want to do something big. And I usually do something big in November because my birthday, you know, things have chilled with work. So I basically had, I knew I had like several months where there would be a lull in work. Yeah. And, um, I was like, well, what, what should I do next? So it really started with looking at the marathon, um, consecutive days, uh, excuse me, consecutive days of marathons, which is a much more popular record for people to go after. Um, yeah. I was looking at that and then all of a sudden I thought, I wonder if there's an <laughs> ultra version of this. <laughs> yeah. There was. So at the time, uh, the record was 22 days. So it kind of felt like, you know, if if for some reason my body doesn't hold up, then, um, you know, maybe I'll be done at the end of November because I started I ended up starting November 5th. But I wanted to go 
So I was looking back at my notes because I've been uploading all the verification to the Guinness World yeah. Records. And I'd written in there that I was going to do it for 100 days. So that was kind of my initial goal. And then yeah. as I started doing it, it 100 just didn't seem like that much. So <laughs> you're like, wait a second. I just watched all these people run 200 miles. So yeah. <laughs> like when you yeah, so I mean, we'll get there and everything. But when did like the 200 number pop in your head? Well, um, I would say probably somewhere in after the first couple months, I started yeah. considering and I was considering even doing it for a year. But <laughs> but I knew that I didn't really have um, the ability to do that. Like I'd promised my kids stuff to do this summer. Yeah. I had races coming up this summer. So I knew that that would be a huge sacrifice that I probably wasn't willing to make. And, um, and so as I'm considering what number I'm going to it, you know, 200 was kind of the natural number for me being that it's a special distance that I yeah. organize as well. So yeah. I was like, oh, 200 will be it. A nice, <laughs> um, round number. Yeah, totally. Um, I have to ask first before we really dive in, did you try every bagel at the ba your bagel shop? And then also... <laughs> How did you come up with so many like cool inspirational quotes? You know, how was that process? Oh, yeah. Um, never before asked questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is the first podcast I've done because I've I've gotten requests, but I um I was just I had to focus in so hard on yeah. the record that I just thought, well, I'll do it after. Um, but the bagels, uh, you know, I kind of had like a couple of favorites and yeah. I was, I think I only tried like five different versions, you know, whether it had bacon or sausage or, <laughs> you know, or maybe, yeah, probably, probably only, I kept it kind of simple, you know, cause That's the other good. Thing is, yeah. it, it was good. So it's like, I would almost always like, I would run to the bagel shop and I would put in my order in advance. So I just go there, pick it up and leave, you know, it's a couple minutes and I would eat the whole thing walking, <laughs> just like, ah, <laughs> people are like staring at me, you know, it was pretty funny. And so, so I'd eat the whole thing and you, you just had to be careful not to get something too messy or like too spicy. Um, so there were definitely limitations. <laughs> <laughs> what about the quotes though? Cause I just went back, I did my research and I was like this, okay. quote thing. cause I loved the quotes every day. I thought that was so cool. And yeah. what a good idea. Um, and I was like, I wonder what day she started doing quotes. Yeah. And so I looked I back and, and the first quote wasn't really a quote. It was just, yes, yeah. I'm still going, which made me laugh. And then <laughs> after that, it turned into like dad jokes for a while, like some puns. puns. Fun. Yeah. yeah. They were so good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, when did it come into play where you're like, I'm going to actually do some like motivational, like inspirational quotes here. It was an evolution because I had the space at the bottom of the paper <laughs> and people were joking, like blink two times if you need help, you know, <laughs> so, so friends and I were like, we should, you know, like I should put something at the bottom of the paper. And so at first I just wanted it to be funny. So yeah. I was trying to do running puns. But they did get like pretty stupid. And like you said, dad jokes, mom jokes. My kids were just like disgusted. They're like, mom. Ugh. They're like, mom, you're doing this really cool thing, but you're still somehow embarrassing me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything was cringy. Um, and so at some point, I just like I was running out of puns, you know, and so I I didn't want to be too cheesy about the quotes, but yeah. I figured I'd start throwing some in there and it just, it just kind of held. It was like, there was this um, process where I would search for something that kind of spoke to me at the yeah. time. Um, yeah. And sometimes it really hit like, Oh, this one's perfect for today. Uh, so yeah, occasionally I would just have to like slap one down because <laughs> I didn't have much time. Um, but it, it was, it did become like another job, honestly. <laughs> I, I just kept like adding things on that I had to do, you know? Uh, yeah. Cause then you also wrote this like wonderful, like almost like a blog every single day or, you know, like your reactions, your thoughts. And I thought that was like one of the coolest parts of the whole entire thing. Yes. Um, I, I wanted to write something meaningful about 
that day, every day. Um, and sometimes it ended up being more of a um, stream of thoughts about in general, because uh, yeah. I tend to be like a bigger picture person. So I'd have to focus myself down in and say, well, tell them about today, yeah. you know, and my mind wanted to kind of go into all the philosophical, you know, things I was thinking about. But yeah, I think I brought, hopefully I brought a lot of like the day to day challenges and beauty too. Cause there was, there was just equal amounts of everything really like yeah. every emotion. Um, but I was, I was very, I, I realized like looking back, I was creating this, um, buffer between myself and the pain and the struggle. And it showed in the writing because I think, you know, the writing comes across overall as pretty positive, which is great. And I was just reframing my mind like yeah. on a regular basis to stay in that space. And so as I look back, I'm like, wow, that was hard. I could see more of that, the negativity too, you know, but it was hard to express some of the challenges harder yeah. than I thought. Yeah. What do you think, like, now that you're, you know, like a week removed or however many days, I'm trying to remember, like, less, pretty much a week though, right? Yeah, so yeah. as you're reflecting back, like, what are, what are your thoughts on the whole entire thing? Um, I am, I'm finding myself still in the patterns I, the um, routines that I created. It's like they created such deep ruts that I'm like, still setting up my coffee the night before. Yeah. And, you know, I've just created like these patterns. I think that's really helpful actually to creating like a, a regular running routine. And I learned from that, that I wanted to create um, a regular running routine, but I'm kind of finding myself in this weird mill space where I'm having a little bit of trouble, even seeing the whole thing, you yeah. know, it's just, um, I'm still kind of coming off of it and processing you know, that whole thing. And, and it's weird. Like, I still kind of feel like I'm in it, but I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Do you think it's one of those things? Like, I mean, obviously you'll be thinking back to this throughout the rest of your life. And it's a weird thing for me is like, when I've worked so hard towards something, whatever that may be, and now it's in the past, it slowly starts to fade or it becomes like this weird it's like a part of me still, but I can't really like put myself in that mind space that I was in. Like, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of hear your thoughts about that. Like, obviously you're not months out of it at this point, but like, how do you think you're going to be able to like integrate this, I guess? Um, for me, it's like pulling the simplicity of, um, you know, eat, sleep, <laughs> yeah. fun, you know, pulling that into the life I live now um, is something that's really important to me and it feels like it's still there. Um, I tend to think that at least for the near future, I'll be doing high, higher mileage uh, yeah. because what I did, I did it for so long, six and a half months. I mean, really yeah. almost seven months um, that it became a part of who I am. Um, and I think over time that shifts right in, in every way. So it could continue for a long time. It could shift, but for now, um, my body is like fully honed to running and, um, and so like every system in my body kind of still needs a certain amount of running. Um, if you think about it, like you don't, humans are really nothing like vehicles, but as a comparison, um, there are some similarities and like, you don't leave you know, uh, a highly tuned vehicle, just sitting, like you got to run it yeah. a little bit, yeah. you got to use it just enough, at least <laughs> So I'm kind of in that point where I'm, yeah, I'm reintegrating that experience, but, but doing that kind of mileage is not sustainable. Um, because ultimately, um, it, what I learned is it's, it's just a little too much to, um, to maintain your speed. Uh, so what you end up doing is, is, you create your body all around this one certain gear that yeah. you can go this one speed it's slow and it's medium you know and if you're going if you're going fast it's unsustainable so you just tune yourself to those like um medium speeds so like if i go run um uh like a 200 miler i'd probably do great because i got like that speed down yeah yeah if i was gonna race a 50k 
um, I might pull like a muscle or something. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then if you have to like sprint down the street for whatever reason, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Like I did some strides the other day, just kind of like I, I would run harder for like 15, 20 seconds and it yeah. felt good, but things yeah. are still kind of loosening up a little bit from yeah. that mileage. No, that makes sense. How, like in what ways did you, cause you just said it's not sustainable, but you made it sustainable for 200 days. Like in what ways, oh, yeah. what strategies did you use to make it as sustainable as possible? Uh, the effort that I was, um, putting out there, I always just, um, almost always kept it easy to medium. Um, yeah. so, so, you know, that's something that I think everybody can learn from this is, is if you're wanting to just build a really strong base, um, and that's a great place to start when you're getting into running, or if you've been running for a while and you want to up your mileage and get to the next level. Yeah. So certainly pace was really important because if I put extra stress on my body, that wouldn't have been good. So I kept the level of stress of everything at the most minimum I could. Um, people ask, did you do strength training? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did, you know, it's like, that would have been a really bad idea. I want to call it stupid, but <laughs> it would have been a bad idea. Cause the thing is, is you're trying to maintain this distance every single day for as long as possible. Yeah. Why would you throw in strength training? Yeah. And break yeah. Yourself down? So that's something that I'll bring in a little bit more now. Um, yeah. because I, I lost muscle in some areas like my upper body. Um, and I don't necessarily need muscle in my upper body for what I want to do, but, um, but I saw like more muscle building in my legs and less in the upper body. Um, and because I was running a lot of flats, like I, I lost it. Like my glutes are like non-existent. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. I'm like, Whoa. Um, but your body has to be super efficient and that's, and that's why it's so unsustainable for a really long time. Like, yeah. You know, I definitely tried to make it sustainable. And uh, the other thing is, is you've got to sleep as much as possible and eat as much as possible. Okay. Yeah. Which I can do those two things. Those two things I have no problem with, you know? <laughs> but can you do those and then run all day? <laughs> That's probably, yeah. Good question. Good question. Um, I wanted to ask you, so obviously there are these big, big battles that you're facing. I mean, I was out here. This was like the worst winter we've had in Colorado since I've moved here, which was about seven years ago. Um, and by worst winter, I mean, it was great. We got a bunch of snow. <laughs> it was crazy, crazy lightning storms uh, recently and things like this. So obviously you had those battles plus travel, which we can get into and, and all that. You didn't just do the 200 ultra marathons in like one spot. You were like literally all over the country which is really cool um but <laughs> but first i want to hear about like just the mini like the daily battles that you had to face like monotony like that had to have been like the biggest mental battle of all can you kind of like speak to that yeah i mean monotony was something i didn't think too much about you know when i first started i was like oh my body is probably going to break down yeah but monotony was the uh, biggest challenge from 100 to 200. And I think part of that was that at that point, the weather got better, like other factors got better and it was easier to focus on whatever was in my head, you yeah. know? Um, and, and just, I would just get so bored. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and, and I also was like, Oh man, I could do this forever. Like, how does this play out? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm still in, until I got to one day 150 that it was right before day 150 that I made the, the real big announcement that 200 was the final number. Um, and I had talked about it a little bit before 100, like, Hey, you know, I, I think I'm going to go to, to 200 and I'm going to try to beat the marathon record, which had just been set at 150. Um, so, so yeah, monotony was, was really hard. And at the end of the day, you know, you just have to accept it and keep going and try not to prolong the run because the more you prolong, like if you're getting really bored and so you distract yourself by, um, I'm trying to think of like, there, there's something about when you mentally aren't in it, it can be easier to slow down Yeah. and I have to keep telling myself, no, keep the pace, get done sooner and 
you'll be over the monotony until tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that makes that totally makes sense. Um, I think I heard once. I think it was from. Do you know who James Lawrence is? Yeah, he's done yeah. a whole bunch of Iron Ironman triathlons and stuff. Um, but he talked about like it being a decision, not a choice. Like as soon as in his mind the decision was made, it was going to get done. When you right. announced that you were going to two hundred, was that was that like a shift in mindset for you? Uh, the the shift was made um way 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 earlier okay um, and i'm not sure when uh probably was right around the first month uh the first month was really hard for me i had yeah. really serious pain i wasn't sure if i was going to be able to continue and i even had a point where i was like i wonder if i would be allowed to use crutches you know because i wasn't sure wow if I'd be really yeah i was what in yeah so like think of when you pull on your sock my shin was so painful. It hurt to put on a sock. It was awful. And I thought I can only continue like this for so long. Yeah. And so once I got through that, it was like this huge kind of rebirthing into, okay, my body just adapted to the most intense pain I've ever had running. And that pain gave me uh, the drive and fire, though, because the pain was like, oh, no, you don't. You're not going to make this. You're going to barely make the record. Ha. Huh. And I go, oh, yeah, I want this so bad. I, I want to get through this pain so bad. And it was it was this it just ignited this fire where I never wanted to quit like the whole time, because from that pain until um until I got close to the hurt 100 on day like 71, 72, I had yeah. pain. It just jumped from different parts of my leg, like all over. You know, you're just like, wow, now it's here in my thigh. Now it's in my foot. Now it's in. And it was like kind of hilarious, really. Like <laughs> the pain would just it would it would get better in one spot and then hurt in another. Wow. And and so it it created desire in me to get through that pain. I didn't want to be forced to quit. So. I think that the pain, it gave me incredible strength. Um, and as I overcame all the different areas that were painful, that, that um, desire grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And once I hit a hundred though, and realized pain wasn't the issue anymore, it was my mind. Um, I still wasn't going to quit because I said 200 and that was going to be it. Yeah. But that was hundred to 200 was, was like the mental journey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm just imagining zero this. To, zero oh. to 100 was a physical journey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm imagining that physical journey like you're yeah. almost like in a battle with this like weird presence of pain, you know, yeah. and and you ultimately defeated it, which is crazy. And I think a lot of people would find shocking because once you're in pain, your mind just instantly goes, this is just going to get worse and worse and worse. But that's not actually how it works. Not no, I mean, I kind of wonder, like in my head, I'm thinking, could we push through most pain, but we stop? Like yeah. what is what does that mean? The fact that I was able to keep going and not I wasn't it wasn't like a five mile run, right? We're talking with that level of pain, I was still doing a fifty k a day. yeah, uh, it so to me, it was shocking because, you know, in the past, if I got pain like that, you know, it'd stop. Um, I wouldn't even be walking. Right. So I'm thinking I'm learning that movement is healing. Now, I wish I could have done less each day in order. I think, you know, but what happened was my body revved into this higher level of healing. Yeah. Because I got a uh, frostbite right after hurt and it healed in two weeks. Yeah. My toe was black. <laughs> and, and in two weeks, it had this beautiful new red skin that was just like a baby's toe. It was crazy. <laughs> so my body just revved up. And I think what happened is you are fighting uh, physically, you're fighting a resistance in your mind. Yeah. So so what you're feeling in the pain is is as much a resistance in your mind to this new routine you've created of running this much every day. And once you get through that resistance, the body says, okay, 
we yeah. got this. And the body was there all along. You just had to get through the mental resistance. That was the jumping pain, right? Yeah. Ah, you know, I don't know if I could do this. Oh, and that's once- interesting. Yeah. That it kind of stemmed. I mean, obviously you're in physical pain, like you can't do yeah. something like this yeah. without the discomfort, but your bo- your mind is interpreting it as this really like more, almost more intense thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So pain, um, we don't really know exactly what it is, right? It's, it's one of those things that once you start digging into what is pain, it's like, huh, we don't really know. <laughs> you think it's this injury or this and that, but a lot of times, um, like a doctor could, um, MRI, like a knee, let's say, and, and one person, it may look horrible, right? They have no pain. Why yeah. is that? And another person does. So yeah. Pain is something uh, that is an interpretation uh, of the mind. It's yeah. absolute interpretation. That's fascinating. I I do want to hear about the hurt one hundred, um, which was just I mean to throw that in the midst of of doing this challenge and the not only just the actual hurt one hundred itself, but the travel. Um, that was just like a a level up of challenge, or was it also like keeping it interesting? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, well, I finished her, uh, before I finished this year, I'd finished five times. Um, so I've been out there a lot of times and I have, so I have two DNFs and five finishes and it, it's kind of my routine every year. <clears throat> and I thought, oh man, I don't want to miss hurt because I'm doing <laughs> days. And, yeah. you know, so again, I just got this little spark of an idea of like, well, maybe I could do it, you know, and during the 50 Ks. So really like early on too, I didn't even know if I was going to make it that far. And I figured what I was doing was good enough training anyway. So if I quit the streak before, then I would have been ready, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, it ended up, uh, I ended up doing a 50 K every day up to the race, running the race, (laughs) which counted as two 50 Ks, but was really three 50 Ks and then 50 Ks right after. (laughs) Yeah until uh 200 yeah what was that like because i know her just from talking to you in the past i think we've talked about her before which actually was one of my favorite craziest ultra running stories is when there was that false missile attack message on everyone's phone in the middle of the hurt 100 and being like oh wait not only do i have to contend with all these obstacles in an ultra marathon but now like i think that this crazy thing's about to happen anyways yeah craziest story ever though definitely oh yeah so i was on the hurt course when that happened and um i i realized like from things like this i don't panic easily because i yeah. was like oh hmm, okay <laughs> i was thinking like i'm in a pretty good place up here in the mountains i wasn't in the city right so i just didn't really maybe it didn't process i'm pretty pretty calm person though yeah yeah <laughs> your brain's too tired to even process anything early it was like on the first or second loop i remember thinking man i hope this doesn't cancel a race <laughs> i guess well, i didn't take it seriously yeah yeah which you shouldn't have because it was a false alarm so yeah you know. yeah had it been a real one though that would have been yeah obviously horrific but that would have, yeah for sure uh but i know the hurt 100 is like crazy hilly and all this stuff you know and you're coming from doing flat 50ks uh <laughs> Like, yeah. what was that like? Whew, that hurt. Uh, oh, nice pun, right? Um, hey. Hey, oh. there we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So looking back, I'm like, wow, I should have done some hard downhills during the 50Ks. But I was playing like this tightrope of just barely being able to maintain injury free all the yeah. way up into hurt. I had Achilles pain um, until like basically the up into the race. Um, I didn't feel it during the race, but, um, I was playing a tightrope, so I didn't want to do specific training for her. And I figured I'll be fine, you know, but, uh, the Hills were so challenging and difficult that I actually, uh, my quads, I've never felt such, such pain, um, in, in my quads. I had this point where I had to, um, like I had to pee standing up because I couldn't squat. Like my quads were so dead that I couldn't sit in a chair. I couldn't squat. Wow. Um, the last loop was horrible. I, I thought I thought I was gonna um maybe break something. <laughs> they hurt so bad. It, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I've never 
I've never burned my quads like that. Um, is there anything in your brain that's like, Hey, like, I don't, you don't, I don't need to do the last loop. I've already done my 50 Ks. Like no is way. that going on? Yeah. Not for a second. <laughs> no, I was going to finish that race. It, you know, even if I was the last person in, yeah, there was no question, no question. What was the other people like in the, in the hurt 100? Like I always hear that race has such a wonderful community of people. Um, like what were they like? doing or like what were they thinking when you were like hey i'm also <laughs> doing this you know yeah i a lot of people knew um it felt like everybody knew and i had people really encouraging me the whole way yeah. that were um yeah they were really excited to have me there like doing such a weird kind of different challenge and and i i would have people like finding me out doing my 50 K's before the race. And after like, they would be just randomly waiting somewhere in Hawaii, yeah. like where they thought that I would run by. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I ran into people who were like looking for me to cheer me on. <laughs> it was so cool. And, and then during the, the race, you know, I remember really clearly there, there was a, a woman who was doing the race and she, she stopped me briefly and she said, this means so much that you're out here doing this. This means so much. And I was just like, wow, I, I didn't realize that, um, that this challenge was having such an effect on people, you know, yeah. to, I could just hear it in her voice, you yeah. know, it was really touching. That's really cool. I mean, I'm sure you got all sorts of different responses from doing this. Um, yeah. hopefully like overwhelmingly positive, you know, like, yes. and I have to imagine like you, you're affecting people. You, you're kind of probably even unaware of how many people you're able to affect by doing this, which I think is amazing, you know? Yeah. I think, um, the response was really surprising to me how overwhelmingly positive it was and by how many people started following as they learned about it. Yeah. Uh, I think it really started picking up, um, around 100 and, um, yeah. And then up until the 200, it, you know, it was just, you could kind of see the comments increasing and more yeah. people, lots of encouragement, you know, and also as you would expect from doing something that a lot of people can't understand, like they can't understand the motivation. They can't understand why anybody would do it. There was, um, there was negativity, but, but nowhere near, like it didn't even come close to matching on any level. You know, you'd have like one comment out of a hundred that would be negative. Yeah. Yeah. Like 1%. Yeah. <laughs> Which some people struggle with, though, because those are the comments that stick out or whatever, for whatever reason. Um, but well, whether you, yeah, whether you like it or not, um, you know, once you see a mean comment, yeah, it hurts. Like, but you have to um, put it in perspective of like, it's not about you. Everything's yeah. not about you. The negative comments aren't about you. And it's the same with a, a lot of the positive comments, too, because um a lot of time, you know, again, it's like, if it's inspiring something in somebody else, that also isn't necessarily about you, you know, so it's good not to kind of take it as um, too complimentary or too negative, you know, yeah. just finding that middle ground, continue to do what you're doing. And because, um, because it is, it is just running, right? Like at yeah. the end of the day. So yeah. if people build it up into something for themselves, cool like yeah. i love that you did that and if people want to throw it down in the mud and stomp on it like all right I cool mean, man <laughs> yeah like you go for it <laughs> yeah yeah though no, that's amazing i i'm very curious because i'm like a huge believer in the power of consistency and like consistent action and that's what this this seemingly was you know and you talked about how it snowballed from 100 to 200 just in terms of like the people you're able to reach. Um, but also just for you, like, can you talk about like, I don't know, I don't know if it's like an actual thing, but like the snowball effect, how if you just keep doing something, it, it'll grow like exponentially. Yes, I think the power of this goal for me was um, was in the consistency. Uh, so every day I started new, it didn't matter how many days I'd done before, or how many I had ahead of me. Um, each day I would start it anew. Um, and part of the reason I think I got so far is that I didn't post or I didn't in my head, I don't mean like on social media, I didn't 
I didn't put it out there or focus on a goal that was way too big. I set smaller steps um, for myself that were very clear um, because I did not want to destroy my body and I wasn't willing to get um, debilitatingly injured um, unless it happened somehow, you know, like you trip over a curb and break your leg. Um, But that's something you can't necessarily control in the same way that if you feel pain, you know, how do you change the pace or do you stop? So for me, it was about really like first focus was, all right, let's beat the world record. That's 22. I'm getting to 23. And then it was, you know, let's get the first month done. And interestingly enough, people actually helped me set those goals without realizing it because, and it was almost like they were kind of trolling, but so they would say things, people would say things like, well, I know somebody who did that for 30 days (laughs) and I would be at like 15. I'd be like, oh, you know, (laughs) and then I would like get to 30 and, and, and then somebody would comment. Oh, I think you're going to do 35. And I would be like, yeah. <laughs> you know? and so, totally, totally doing 35. Oh. Yeah, like, of course. And so once I got past those, like, it would kind of get in my head. And then there's this have you heard of the self transcendence run in New York where they run yes. 1300 miles? And so it's like a 52 day race. Yeah. And somebody was like, you know what? I bet somebody in that race ran at least a 50k a day for 52 days so as i would hit those milestones i would think ah, got that one got that one got yeah. that one <laughs> yeah wow not, like those weren't world records but it was really important to me to set a record that um went beyond uh even what somebody could throw out there right like oh well so and so ran across the us took him 100 days he did you know this many miles a day and and those people like they probably took a day off right so it wouldn't mm. count yeah. but i still i wanted to match that you know like i want to make sure i went beyond that yeah yeah and then um just like I mean, you literally got every type of weather thrown at you and any kind of challenge. Like you came back from Hawaii and you're instantly in snow, which has to be such (laughs) a weird swing. Uh, But like, just can you talk about like just being adaptable and how important that is in these kind of things? Yeah, being adaptable um, was definitely the key because this record, uh, you couldn't do any of the 50Ks inside. So I couldn't use a treadmill and I couldn't do them inside. So if I'd been stuck in the airport, I would have had to leave the airport, <laughs> run, which almost happened. But um, <laughs> yeah. It's, Who's this lady I, running up and down the tarmac? Like yeah, planes yeah, are exactly. landing around Get you. And here. Stuff. <laughs> I'm like, don't touch me. I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was really, it was really, I mean, from the very start, like being an ultra runner, right? You have to be adaptable. So it's, it's a skill that most of us already have. And we, we have to be able to tell ourselves something is true, even when it's not. So like, let's say we have a horribly freezing cold day and we got to go out there and run a 50 K, whether we like it or not, we need to tell ourselves that this is fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that ability to reframe uh, and tell yourself you're good at something, even if you're not really believing it. Um, have you heard this, the, the study that shows that if you smile, while you're running it actually turns into better performance i i don't know if i've read the study i've heard that and i've experienced it like every time you go into an aid station and you're just like faking it till you make it kind of situation you know (laughs) exactly so you put forward what you want and then it becomes the truth for you yeah so on those really tough days it was just like nope this is gonna be fun yeah, I'd be like, well, I've never run in negative temperatures. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, how cold? Like, what was the coldest temp, you know? Yeah, um, the coldest was negative 15. Wow. And that was rough. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely. I I, I would rather run in the heat than that because, yeah. I mean, I think, I think like anything, what I realized is like as I got more negative days, of temperatures, I realized that like, oh, you can adjust your gear. And, but that first day of negative 15, I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never run in those kind of temps. I mean, teens, twenties, thirties. Yes. But negative 15, um, is life or death, you know, in some cases, and I'm out there for 32 miles, like it or not. 
Yeah. Like when you start, you got to finish. You can't like go 15 miles and take a break of, you know, take a nap or warm, you know, warm up for 30 minutes. Like, nope, that's not allowed. Yeah. So I had to make sure that, um, that, that I did the best I could, you know, within those, um, constraints, but yeah, the negative temps were the hardest. For Is sure. that when the frostbite happened or? No, uh, that was, so that, that cold dip, remember it was like, I forget what they called it, but it was like right around Christmas. They probably had some cool name, like yeah, polar vortex like, or something. No, yeah, it was the polar vor- vortex. Yeah. I swear yeah. they're like making up names to sound cool. Just real quick side note. I was texting my wife and I was trying to say like, Hey, there's a thunderstorm and you know how your text like auto corrects, like it shows the common words and I typed in thunder s and instead of thunderstorm it came up thunder snow in full count i'm like wait a second what who's typing thunder snow okay that's a weather condition i did not get (laughs) (laughs) that that i did not get at least i don't think i did (laughs) maybe who knows who knows i might have pulled it back in my head somewhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the did the um did the uh frostbite happen like when it was like wet snow or something no, so so the reason it happened was because I'd come back from Hawaii and we got another stretch of really cold temps after Hawaii. But I actually had um uh so this sometimes happens after 200 miles milers, but but my foot was numb from the Hurt 100. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so it was it was basically that big toe and like the second toe and the top of the foot a little bit and it's yeah. not unusual. It's just like you um you overstimulate the nerves in that area um and so sometimes you can have some numbness after a big event um i think it was because i was running so much mileage on top of it so the reason it happened is because i didn't feel it happening yeah Yeah. no that makes sense and then how hot did it get was that when you were back in like arizona yeah the hottest day hit 100 so i was like yeah 100 (laughs) because like i kind (laughs) of psyched for that yeah well i mean i was I was not psyched to run in it, <laughs> but I, I figured it was like a nice contrast for the overall, like, oh, now, now I had one day of at least a hundred, you know, to, to kind of compare everything to. So yeah. yeah, there was a, there was a lot of 90 degree 50 Ks when I was in Arizona. Um, and, and that was really hard, but, um, for me, it's just something I'm a little more used the a challenge I'm more used to dealing with than yeah. like, negative temperature thing yeah definitely and then i i want to hear a little bit about the last day like was it weird was it did it just feel normal i mean at that point it has to feel somewhat normal but what what was going through your mind on that last day even though side note you ran a marathon on day 201 so (laughs) yeah yeah that's true (laughs) It's called a reverse taper. Yeah, reverse taper. Yep, you got to wean yourself <laughs> off the ultra marathons here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mentally and physically. Yeah. Um, so the last day was, it was weird. I mean, I think there's this, um, there's a little bit of like the sadness of tr- transition. Not sad to say goodbye to doing a 50K a day because I was more excited to kind of be moving on to the next thing. But it's more like, oh, I've got all this work to do that I've put off. Now I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> you know, that kind of that kind of thing. So I worked during the whole streak, but there were things that I was like, I am going to deal with that later. Yeah, and that's for after. Yeah. And all that stuff is still sitting there. <laughs> so so, yeah, I think there's there's a certain like um it, you know a place to like what people always tease us about or troll us about where it's like what are you running away from you mm, know? and yeah. at a certain point it was like oh this is so cool I get to go out and run and not worry about all the other things in life um but when you're done with doing that many 50ks there are things that you have to do so I think for me it was more having to accept that like oh, I'm gonna have to sit down and do some of the the stuff I don't enjoy as much now yeah. just to catch up Um, but it was fun. I I had some friends come out and I want to just keep it super low key. Like every other day had been. Um, so I had, I mean, I had people on social media, like, Hey, we want to, you know, do video. We want to all this stuff. I just didn't want that. I didn't want a bunch of 
people I didn't know necessarily. Yeah. (laughs) Very intimate, you know, because it was, I wasn't sure how emotional I would feel too. So I kind of just wanted to be around, you know, people that I loved and cared about and just have that, um, that final personal experience rather than some big to do, you know? Yeah. And if so much of this is keeping your emotions kind of centered or at least trying to, I'm sure that's like a big strategy is like striving to keep like that emotional, um, like neutrality almost, um, when you got to the end or some, somewhere near that last day, did you, did you let the emotions hit or like, has it hit yet or, or not? Oh man. So I thought I was probably going to run through the finish, just like crying and crying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, and I felt that emotion welling up. Like I had days leading up where I was by myself and I felt that at the end of the runs, just knowing that I was going to make it, knowing that I was going to be there. So I think on the final day, it just wasn't, wasn't a surprise. Like it wasn't, the emotion had been so spread out that yeah. it was, it was just like, cool, I'm done. Yeah. You know, and so I didn't, um, whereas when I finished the hurt 100 during the streak and it was on like a live stream and everything, I just could not stop crying (laughs) and everybody watching was like sniffing and like, it it was, it was cool, but it was like kind of embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) People are just like, yeah. (laughs) So like, here's the difference. Like the hurt 100 the whole time I'm racing, I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, right? Yeah. But I really want it, really, really want it really bad. And so the emotions just balled up, right? And then you have this finish line with all these people and they're cheering. Yeah. And it just explodes. Yeah. Whereas here, it just drew out in this like calm, collected, like you said, uh, I kept this like emotionally like neutral. It was beautiful, you know? Yeah. And that's-, that's really cool. Do you think it's going to hit like sometime the next month? You know, no. like right now on the Like a Bigfoot podcast, uh, you know, all of a sudden, no, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just start, just start bawling. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually don't think it is because to me, it still doesn't feel like that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, it feels like, um, I know that when you, when people look at it from the outside, they're like, whoa, yeah. yeah. but to me, it's just what I did every day for six and a half months. So it just doesn't feel I lived it and it's um I guess it just um it feels normal. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think so often my friend Calvin uh who climbed all these mountains out here and everything called it like the summit picture versus the reality of like climbing a mountain. And to you you've lived through it. The rest of us have just even though you did a wonderful job like documenting the journey and writing about your thoughts and all of that and bringing people along the way um to an extent like no one's going to be able to live 200 days of doing this like that in the same way that you did and so we're all kind of seeing the summit picture and for you you're the one who's lived like climbing this at this point yeah yeah exactly i think i think um i do want to kind of delve in and figure out like you know you your question about like that emotion at the end is really interesting to me because I expected more of an explosion of emotion and, and it's definitely something that um that I'm curious exploring in a philosophical way but yeah but, like the best I can explain it, it and and like you just did I think like summit versus the climb itself like by the time you're at the top you're already mentally there that's how you got there so it's not like um it's not like a big event necessarily, especially if you think about getting up a summit that took a month, let's yeah. say. <laughs> or like, six and a half months. Six and a half months. Yeah. It's like you, if you didn't think you were going to make it before, like you wouldn't have gotten there. Yeah. <laughs> that was part of getting to, getting to the top was like knowing that, um, that I was going to be there. And so 100 was more emotional for me. Um, and part of that too, just might be like that I find it's easier for me to be emotional when I'm by myself, you know, Um, unless it's some big event like the hurt 100. Um, Yeah. Because I'm processing that, not like, you know, the final day where I had all those friends there and um, I'm just celebrating with them rather than 
celebrating the achievement itself. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's so awesome. And once again, like, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it from thousands of people at this point, but congrats, like what a huge, like just mind blowing accomplishment. So you should feel really, really proud. And um, yeah, it's just, I'm sure you inspired so many people. Uh, me included when I was on my like daily six mile runs and if it ever got mm -hmm. hard, I'd be like, man, Candace is going to wake up. She's going to run like a 50K at this point. You know what I mean? It's crazy. <laughs> but uh, but huge congrats to that um, real quick because you're about to dive into like 200 season, quote unquote. Right. I think it's cool. Like since your races are right in a row or somewhat in a row and then in three months it's like a season it's like a sports season like what are you anticipating this thing's blue like has totally blown up i think 200 miles are the coolest distance in ultra marathons right now like what what are your thoughts on how this year is gonna go oh uh i'm super excited um we have a lot of momentum with um we brought on a new race director. He's worked for me for many years, but like, this is his second year of working yeah. full time. And it's like, you can just see like how everybody on the team is kind of like upping themselves to the next level, which makes it so much fun as an organizer. Um, because like when everybody's just on top of things, like we've worked out so many things up to this point and the race is still a couple, the first race is still a couple months away. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it's going to be, um, yeah, a lot smoother and, you know, more fun, uh, on the organizational side, but yeah, we've definitely seen our numbers increasing, like from the, there was a drop with all the COVID stuff. Mm, and so yeah. it's cool to see people getting excited about races again. Um, and the triple crown, we actually sold, um, more spots. In, so the triple crown is the three two hundreds in one season. So the yeah. Tahoe 200, Bigfoot 200 and the Moab 240, and we just sold uh, 60 spots, which is huge for us because the races only hold, um, we have, we're allowed 200 for some races and 250 for others. So 60 spots out of each of those races is a huge percentage of people doing yeah. all three. In yeah. That's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. What, what's like, just to kind of wrap up, like, what's the commonality? Like, do you see commonalities between people? specifically doing the triple crown like is there something that you're like oh all of these people blank whatever all these people want a huge adventure you know and, and the difference between running maybe a normal ultra marathon versus like uh a bunch of 200s or even one 200 is that it takes like this um kind of explorer type person yeah that wants to explore the outdoors, their own physical limits, their mental limits. And um, because these races are more uh, than an exploration of the physical, yeah. like you're going to every point and back in your mind and, and in the terrain. And it's cool because it's almost like a metaphor. Yeah. You know, you get to run this terrain, but you're kind of exploring it in your head at the same time. Oh my God. That's like the coolest thing. Uh, Candace, where <laughs> can people like follow your journey if they haven't already, which they probably have because it's been incredible. Um, where can people <laughs> kind of follow that? Um, so uh, I have a lot of posts lately that I uh, that I just updated on my website, and that's at candacebert.com. But uh, I do most of my writing and videos. Like the best place is Instagram um, at runcandacerun. And if you go there, you can probably find every other link. Um, okay. But I did start. I started posting on TikTok, and I. <laughs> Wow. I know. Impressive. But as a middle school teacher, I have to say, like, now all my middle schoolers are going to be like, wait a second. Can yeah. Work? <laughs> yeah. My daughter. So my daughter's teacher told her that she's following me on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter was like, oh, no. <laughs> but. But here's the thing, like, hopefully the videos aren't too cringy because <laughs> my daughters will disagree, but uh, I just take the Instagram video and then I post it on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like some special TikTok. They're not like, mom, you now TikTok isn't cool anymore. My mom's I know, <laughs> I know, I know. So I, yeah, I have a presence on on most social media. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I can't wait, you know, for the next time I get an interview about something amazing that you've done. So 
Well, thanks so much for having having me on. And this is my favorite podcast. So no way, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Thank you. Uh, That's why I chose it as the first uh, after the streak. So well, thank you. Oh, my God. That means so much. So awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have you on again in the future. <laughs> Spot secured. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that wraps up this week's Like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, huge thanks to Candice. Like, honestly, I'm so honored with what she said at the end there. Um, you know, wanting this to be the first podcast interview that she's going to do because I know after doing this feat and this record, uh, there's going to be a lot of people reaching out, and I'm excited to listen to her on all sorts of other. Um, podcast that that she's going to be on so um thank you candace seriously i truly truly appreciate it i truly uh have enjoyed chatting with you over these years and hearing your perspective you have such a unique perspective because you've been able to go out and do these um audacious giant goals so uh truly truly appreciate it um i hope everyone out there who was listening leaves uh, inspired and maybe committed to their own challenges, whatever they may be, may, most likely probably not as big as, uh, as 200 ultras in 200 days. But I mean, all the challenges, if they're important to your lives, like they, they have meaning. Um, I think about this a lot. Uh, when I was growing up, I just remember my mom had this, uh, like picture in her house um and it just had like a boat on it like a sailboat or something and it had this big poem and i can't remember the whole poem but i remember at the end it was basically about this person who like sailed across all of these oceans and in, in search of this end point right and then the end of the poem says something like what they realize is it's all about the journeying not the journey's end and i think that's so important and I think part of having these big goals is being able to fully embrace the journey and the ups and downs and the lessons learned and all of that. Um, those are always going to be more important and affect us more than the end point. Um, and I thought talking to Candace, it was really interesting to hear about that last day and kind of how almost like normal she felt during it. Um, because I think the journey, the things she went through, um, the kind of state that she was in throughout the whole journey and this like learning the power of committing to a goal, um, being in that battle against the way her mind's perceiving pain and just like facing that consistent action and that monotony every day. Like I'm sure you're drawing more lessons and I'm sure you're drawing more um, impact to your life out of those things, uh, which is so, so cool. And I think if you've done like an endurance event or or really anything, if you've accomplished something like right now, like as a teacher, we just accomplished. I just accomplished my 14th year in middle school, uh, which sounds crazy to some people. But if you include my own years, I've been in middle school for 14 years, which is either impressive or sad or a mixture of both who knows uh but we accomplished the end of the school year and it was something that was like this carrot dangling especially over the last month or so um but really ultimately what i'm gonna think back to i'm not gonna think back to the last day right i'm gonna think back to all the awesome uh you know relationships formed along the way and the connectivity uh with with students and and with those moments where they like the light bulb clip clicks that's like the addiction for us teachers is there's those light bulb clicking moments where you are trying to teach them something and you get them there and you see it click and now they understand and um those are the little moments that mean way more than any uh end point you know and i think after talking with candace that's the big thing that I'm taking away. So, uh, but yeah, so thank you all for tuning in. Um, if this is your first Like a Bigfoot podcast, because every time I talk to Candace, I always 
see there's definitely people tuning in uh a bit more which i think speaks to kind of her impact uh in the ultra running world honestly and in the adventure sports world um but if this is your first time you know there's a lot of i've been able to do a lot of really amazing interviews throughout the years um and i'd highly suggest like if you liked this episode i know if you go back and look through um, some of the folks that I've been been lucky enough to sit down and talk with, I know you'll find some in there that you'll connect to. And it's all sorts of different adventures. It's not all about ultra running. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud of this project and uh, I hope y'all give it a give it a second listen if this is your if this is your first time. Um, and coming later this week because I'm so psyched about summer. Uh, that I just got to put out multiple episodes. Um, we're going to sit down and talk with Sally McRae. Sally uh, just finished writing this really powerful book um, called Choose Strong. And I highly suggest uh, checking that book out. It is fantastic. And I think it's going to be out very, very soon. It'll probably be out by the time I put this episode out. So check that out. Um, but yeah, we'll get back at you then. Thank you all for listening and uh, talk to you later.